Hello, everyone, and we're so happy to be here with you this evening. So happy to have you listening in. We want to thank uh, Janet Lee for her wonderful playing on the organ. And this is Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester. Tonight, we are into the second part of a very, very interesting teaching that uh, as we develop along here, uh, you will find many interesting things. Forbidden Insights, Part 2. Well, there is a scripture in the book of Hosea, uh, chapter 2, verse 21, and it says this, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. It's interesting, the correlation that is given here, and how that in the case of present-time thinking in the theologian area, there are so many disjunctions that it makes it difficult for the breakthroughs to come that are going to come one day when those disjunctions are removed. It shall come to pass, it says, in that day. Now, one of the things that you will learn when you read the Bible is that day doesn't mean just 24-hour period. It can mean a 24-hour period, but it doesn't necessarily mean a 24-hour period. An hour doesn't mean an hour. It can mean an hour, but it doesn't necessarily mean an hour. Everything has to do with the text. The text is the supporting aspect that is going to modify uh, modify the verbs, modify the uh, the nouns, and uh, make a big difference as to what the actual meaning uh, is and what the prevalence is being forecasted. Now, when we think of this scripture, it shall come to pass. Um, we may bear upon that, that there is an open clock, an open time element. Uh, Something is prophesied. Something is going to happen that is dynamic. Um, will it happen just on a colossal world basis? Or can it happen in a sense individualistic or or as a collective group? Well, of course, it can be any and all of those things whenever people reach that intersanctum of the mind and of the spirit uh, that they can grasp uh, the disjunctions falling away and the conjunctions bringing in this sweep of the streaming of the Spirit. So, let's go on to see the rest of what this says. I will hear the heavens. He says, Thus saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. The interesting part here is the the earth does not hear the heavens until the Lord hears the heavens. And when the Lord hears the heavens, then it says, the heavens shall hear the, hear the, the earth. And one could look at that in a very reasonable manner by saying that, <clears throat> except that the Spirit moves for the timing to be of the nature that it is the right timing, that uh, there are not going to be the discoveries, there are not going to be uh, the declarations, there are not going to be uh, the opening of the riddles and the mysteries until the Spirit 
moves for that to happen. When the Spirit moves for those things to be uh, opened, those mysteries to be solved, those riddles to be understood, then the earth is suddenly, suddenly going to be able to hear the heavens. But until then, you know, people have ears, hear not. People having eyes, see not. And uh, that is just the way it is. And so the Bible tells us that even in the days of Paul, and we can certainly understand still even in these times, that that same veil that was over Moses, uh, which which uh, protected his revelation, his vision, uh, from being exposed to people that were not ready to receive it, uh, is still over uh, the minds and the faces and 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 the dwellings and um, uh, the state of of affairs of the people of this time, even to this day. So. What has to happen is there has to be these breakthroughs. And these breakthroughs have to allow the Spirit to open the heavens. And then when the Spirit's open the heavens, uh, God hears them. And, the, and, and when that happens, uh, then the earth is also able to hear them. And I find that extremely exciting. The Bible tells us that that's going to happen in a, in a time uh, when our language of of words, our language of understanding is going to change. There's going to be a purification of our language. There's a lot of Babel, a lot of Babylon that is still in the language of the nations of the world. And those nations are part of the disjunctions uh, that, that happen in the human language and, uh, and cause there to be no equivalent uh, for translating the divine langu language in human terms that, that can really be understood. So the Holy Spirit has to open the heavens so that the heavens uh, are ready to be heard by the Holy Spirit and ready to then be heard by the earth. And those days are coming. So in Zephaniah 3, 9, chapter 3, 9, it says, uh, and this, this is, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, quite quite beautiful, but uh, it, it basically says that um, uh, that uh, for then uh, will I turn to the people a pure language, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve Him with one consent. So that day of unity, that day of of uh, beautiful harmony, uh, is a prophecy, is a Bible word. Uh, it is constantly in the state of being ready to descend upon us whenever uh, we can open our um, our minds, our hearts, our determinations, our dedications. Now, uh, a scripture that you should be well-founded in if you've been following manifest teachings over the blogs and over the, the uh, you broadcast um, is... A couple points that I want to remake here today just to set a foundation for the teaching that I am going to do on this Forbidden uh, uh, Insights Part uh, part 2. Uh, in, the, um, uh, in the book of uh, Psalms, the 90th chapter, 9th verse, and it talks about, um, For all our days are passed away in wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Now, it gives that as a prelude 
to the next thing that it's going to say. The days of our years are three score years and ten. A score is is twenty, so three is, makes it sixty and ten, so that gives you seventy. And if by reason of strength you can have four score, that gives you eighty. So it's saying that there is a a generation of time that is seventy or eighty years uh, that a person's uh, life expectancy uh, can be um, had. Um, many people get the generation thing mixed up with with the generation that has to do when when a uh, a couple have children and then a new generation comes on, and they'll say, "Well, you know, that's only." 25 or 30 years and not not 70 but that depends whether you're talking about the generation of new families coming on or you're talking about a life generation and in this case here uh you know uh, it, it is certainly talking about a life generation and and so each life is a seed uh in the book of um psalms in an earlier uh chapter and verse uh, chapter 22, verse 30, it says, A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. So we see that um, uh, a generation uh, can be applicable in the sense of of being a lifetime. Many, many other scriptures are available for that. But we have this 70, 80 uh, years, okay? And, and, and the point of it is, is... Um, the only reason people are living 70, 80 years now <clears throat> instead of uh, the Bible's um, you know, uh, list of, of lives that uh, were before the flood and even to some extent after the flood where people lived hundreds and hundreds of years. And, and uh, now it says that you know, all those extra days and years and times that people could have had, should have had to live, uh, it says clearly in the ninth verse of the 90th chapter uh, that those days are passed away in, in wrath. And uh, now, you know, we spend our life as a tale that is told. And that is quite beautiful poetic uh, word and quite, um, quite emphatic of a lot of uh, deep insight and revelation. Uh, deep insight as we are speaking these things today that uh, actually uh, is forbidden uh, in some church councils and in some uh, persons' minds of all different societies. Um, but this next part that we want to add to this thing about uh, the generations uh, is over in uh, Psalms just a little bit further, and it's Psalms 105. And um, it talks about here in verse 8, he, referring to God, hath remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Now, in the ninth verse, this covenant was made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and he confirmed the same unto J Jacob for a law, for an everlasting covenant. Now, Everlasting covenant. I mean, it, the whole concept there is for uh, a, a, a age of time. This this covenant is for an age of time. And um, in the New Testament, which I can't get into tonight, but is in the blogs uh, that uh, uh, I have done. If a person wants to take the time to research them, uh, it's, it is it really is a reference to Abraham's bosom. 
and it really is a reference uh, to how that, you know, we only live approximately one-twelfth of the time uh, of life that we would have lived uh, had had we uh, uh, been, um, uh, you know, living the same length of life that we lived in the days of uh, of the early um, uh, individuals uh, prior to the flood. Uh, so, uh, how do we make up? How do we how do we equalize it out? How does everything fair to everybody, the, to the people that lived before, to the people that lived after? Uh, well, that all works out because there's a time and chance for everybody, and everybody is going to get the equal time and the equal chance. It says that in the Old Testament, and and is verified in various other scriptures, both through the Old and New Testament, and that the way that that works is through regeneration. Uh, people that have not fulfilled their full time of life have not fulfilled uh, their their opportunities have not had the same chance they will get an opportunity uh, via regeneration to do so now I read here to you in the 105th chapter of Psalms it says he has remembered this covenant forever uh, in the book of Galatians it says that this covenant was not disannulled uh, the, the, the New Testament covenant did not disannul this particular aspect of the, of the Old Covenant. This was a continuum of, of the Word of God, and, and it was a, you know, a perpetual forever type of commandment. And this particular covenant uh, allows for a particular space of time. Uh, he's remembered his covenant forever, the Word which he commanded to a thousand generations. So if you take a thousand generations... And you multiply apply it by seventy or by eighty, you've got seventy or eighty thousand years. Now, when we start looking at this seventy or eighty thousand years of time, uh, and we say, "You mean that's how long that things are going to ha- go on on Earth here?" Absolutely right. So, so these people that are out there talking about the end of the world—it's going to happen on two thousand and twelve. Uh, they absolutely do not know what they're talking about. They are not being led by the Spirit of God. Uh, they're just listening to a bunch of hocus-pocus stuff that, that was uh, put together by a bunch of people uh, who were into cannibalism and sacrifices of even babies and children. And, and were, you know, were some of the cruelest uh, human beings uh, in their methods of religion that have ever lived on the face of this planet. And if you think for one minute, I'm going to start believing that their prophecy is uh, superior, uh, you've got, you have another thing coming. And, and God help the rest of you people out there that are making big to-do about this, and you are taking the words, word of God and the precious anointing things of the Holy Spirit and transferring over to the, these, the, these uh, calendar uh, essays uh, done by these uh, uh, people uh, of the mans and of the various uh, uh, sect of people uh, way back in time. Uh, God help you. And 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 God uh, uh, show you uh, to to uh, wake up and and get out of the dark dark world. Uh, but anyway, uh, time is going to go on. Uh, this business of every time you get up there, you ministers and preachers, and make a call and and start preaching to people that you, the end of the world is about to happen. You're expecting Jesus to come any moment. Uh, you do not know the Bible. You do not know the teachings of Jesus. You do not know what the revelation of the word is, or you wouldn't be teaching and saying those kind of things because they're absolutely not what the Bible teaches. They are not what the Bible says.
us. You know, the Bible clearly tells us in Thessalonians, do not be troubled in mind as to the soon coming of the Lord. Do not be uh, shaken either by, by a letter or by angels or by anything because it says that day cannot come. There, then it gives a list of the things that have to happen before that that day can come. And, and one of it, of course, uh, is, is the rebuilding of the temple. Uh, on the same mount, same site where the original temple was built, and the uh, the exclusivity of it being taken over by the false prophet, uh, who in his own right is is uh, you know anti to Christ, and uh, who will then claim to be God and claim to be the Messiah. And, and that has not happened. And, and, and the Bible says, don't get soon shaken in mind until those things do happen. Well, the Bible gives us a real clue in Daniel that, that the time, time and a half times is the key. And, and, and that the problems of, of, um, of spirituality and in life on this planet are going to continue, uh, all through the times, time and a half times. And that times, time and a half times is, you might say, incorporated in that duration of Abraham's bosom, which is the 70, 80,000 years. And, and time is going to go on. Now, by that time, we're going to be fulfilling prophecies like in Isaiah, in which it says that we're going to go out into space and, and that, that uh, we're going to plant the heavens. And, and it's incredible, the things that are happening right now in this world that we live. There is, there is a, a, a race on of discoveries. And there are more discoveries happening uh, than a person can almost keep up with. It's sensational, and it's just the beginning because it's going to escalate at um, you know uh, uh, rapidity uh, beyond anything that most people have the the the, the slightest idea of. So <clears throat> I want to tell you people the thing that is important. If anybody gets us in, into some kind of a mood or some kind of a frame of mind and, and they think something awful is being said about this thing about Jesus not coming, here, all that anybody has to do is make sure that every person in their own self is is right with God. Every person in their own self is ready for whatever does happen. Whether there's an apocalypse, whether there's the coming of Jesus Christ, whether there's anything else, uh, you know, dear unto the scriptures of the Bible, if you are ready at any time, uh, for whatever happens, then you don't have to get worked up in, into, to the, um, uh, the falsehood of worrying about what day and hour that Christ is coming, of which the Bible says that there's no man going to know that, that only the Father which is in heaven knows that. So hear me today and listen to me today. Because uh, what people have read in the Bible and what people have thought that the Bible says in most cases is not what the Bible is saying. They have missed the, the parables. They have missed the riddles. They have missed the mysteries. They have missed the deep word of God. And this is the moment as you are listening to this, this word that God is getting ready 
by his spirit to open the heavens so that the heavens will hear the earth and that includes you and so that the earth then will be able to hear the heavens god wants his people to be able to hear the heavens if you don't hear the the heavens you cannot even begin to interpret the the the, the bible's book of revelations which is based on that which was that which is and that which is to come so unless you can follow that and understand that uh you will not be able to open the heavens and that that is all about the revelation that god is dealing with uh all of the people right now on so that the god's people uh can overcome and reach reach a place that uh, they are not living in fear not living on the edge every day uh but always being prepared like david so that you know he he tells us in psalms that uh, that he was always comforted he says thy rod and thy staff comfort me he was always comforted and he talked about being right in the middle of his enemies and being able to have a banquet and have a feast and and god blessing it so that is where we are trying to take people we are trying to take people into a state of of peace into a mind of peace uh, to fulfill the scripture that says as a man thinketh or as a person thinketh so is he as you start coming into these the these thoughts that belong to your peace into into these um upliftings that belong to your peace these thoughts that that are mingled with with the punctuations of the holy spirit then ladies and gentlemen that will be the beginning of the lattice change that god wants to make in your life so that he can bring you into uh you as an individual being able to hear the heavens and the heavens being able to hear you praise be the name of god okay we've got to move on and there is so much to cover and and uh let's talk about uh the ark of the covenant you know was there just one ark of the covenant absolutely not <laughs> there was uh you know uh there were several arcs of uh, ark of the covenants and uh and it's scripture and it's bible uh you know when um Moses went up to the um, to the mount to receive the word from God, and God, uh, uh, the Bible says, with his finger wrote the tablets, uh, and then um, the Bible says that Moses carried the tablets down the mountain. Now, most people think that that means that Moses carried the tablets uh, all the way down the mountain. Uh, but I beg your pardon, that is not what happened. Those tablets were fairly heavy. He just carried them down the mountain, if you read the Bible carefully, to where the Ark of the Covenant was. Because he had built an Ark of the Covenant according to instructions of God, and uh, and he brought it down to the Ark of the Covenant, placed it inside the Ark of the Covenant, and very likely the Ark of the Covenant uh, uh, would be uh, carried the rest of the way down, either by uh, persons like Joshua and some of the uh, devout men of God who were there waiting on uh, Moses and uh, there for his uh, divine protection to keep anybody from straggling up the hill and interfering him as he's visiting with God. Um, or they could have even put some kind of a little slide uh, sled thing on it and slid it down uh, the mountain and uh, and then he would have 
taking it out as he got down to the bottom of the mountain. Well, uh, he did this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first the one time, and and the scripture says and mentions that that you know that that uh, uh, that very thing. So perhaps um, uh, we can we can look at that. Um, let's look at um, let's look go to back to Exodus. Let's go to Exodus. And there's so many scriptures here. And you're going to hear me, you know, uh, flipping through the Bible here uh, because uh, that's how we're going to do it tonight. So we're looking at uh, Exodus 37, and we're looking at verse 1. 37 and verse 1. Okay? Are you ready? Now, here is one of the arcs of the covenants that was made. There was this artist craftsman by the name uh, of uh, Bezael uh, um, and uh, he um, um, he it says made the ark of of, of Jedem wood and it tells the how how wide and and high it was two cubics and a half was the length of it and a cubic and a half uh, the breadth of it uh, that is to say, it was 45 uh, inches by 27 inches. And that gives you an idea. And he overlaid it with pure gold within and without, and he made a crown of gold to it around about. Okay, now, uh, and, and he, he put rings on it, uh, staves into the rings. Uh, that's all here in 37 Exodus 1 through 5. There's one of the building of uh, of the ark by a, a man, it gives his name. Okay, now um, we're going to um, we're going to look at another scripture, and we just want you to grasp all of this, you know, because uh, uh, it, it, it's it's important. Now, um, uh, in chapter twenty-five, verse nine, uh, he says. Um, According to all I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. And they shall make a, an ark of sheet of wood, two cubits, and it goes on and says that whole thing, and overlay it with gold. So we find that all of these things that had to do with the articles, these things that had to do with the ark, these uh, instructions that had to do uh, with the oracles, uh, they were all part of a pattern, uh, a pattern, a design that had been revealed to Moses uh, that was to be followed explicitly because these things, uh, they represented uh, proxies of, of the patterns of things in the heaven. So that something that they had made in the physical was actually a a, a proxy of something spiritual, and uh, it it was um, uh, you know a shadow of the things to come, and that was so absolutely important uh, to understand it and why that uh, you know this was all part uh, of uh, you know the the revelation that uh, that has to be understood uh, because if you don't understand that and you, you just think that there's, you know, nothing to do or nothing about, uh, you know, this uh, 
this whole thing uh, with all these articles, how they were made, and there's not something divine about it, well, it'll be so sad because because you 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 will totally totally miss out. Now let's go over to um, Exodus. Uh, uh, pardon me, uh, Deuteronomy chapter ten. Go to Deuteronomy chapter ten. Okay. Okay, in, in Deuteronomy 10, uh, we will find this uh, to, to be interesting. And we'll just go ahead and start with, uh, with uh, you know, verse 1, and we'll go verse 1 through uh, 5. And, the, and at, at the time the Lord said unto me, Hew two tablets of stone likened to the first, and come up unto me, into the mount and make thee an ark of wood. Now he's he is telling um, he is telling Moses that he is to make two tablets of stone like he did the first ones, and then he says, "Come up to me and make thee an ark of wood." So this sounds like to me that he's to make the ark of wood up there under the spirit under the the presence, the Shekinah glory presence of the Lord. And obviously, you know, uh, there will be, uh, be wood there or whatever's needed prepared uh, for to do this. Now, um, I think that this ark here was divinely made. I, I think that he didn't have to have um, hammers and chisels because um, uh, one of the things that was revealed uh, uh, at the building of the temp uh, temple was that there was to be no hammering done. It was uh, things were not to be uh, hammered and made uh, at the uh, the site where the spirit was to abide. And so I don't think that he's going to be up there in the presence of God, and he's going to be uh, chiseling and hammering and sawing and have to have all those tools up there in the presence of God. I think that something divine comes over him. And I think that just like, uh, you know, with his finger, he can point at these various pieces of wood and maybe even trees not far away. Uh, and they, 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 things just begin to happen to them. They just begin to be transformed, a board and piece at a time. And they begin to come together. And, and and it's a revelation, like on like on the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, changing from one form to another form, a holy kind of of, of alchemy uh, happening, being able to take uh, you know stones and turn them into gold, or or, or stones and turn them in, into lumber, um, being able to fasten them together without nails, uh, by by there being a fusion of of wood into wood. Uh, I, I think uh, it was, uh, you know, pretty awesome what happened there, you know. And let's let's go on. Uh, then he then it says here, um, and I will write, I will write on the tablets. Now this is quite beautiful. And I will write on the tablets the words that were in the first tablet, which thou breaketh, and thou shalt put them in the ark. Now I want you to always understand here that when we talk about the first 10 words which were the, which which were the the commandment of the blessings 
the word commandment isn't even you know the best uh, proper description, but the ten words or the ten uh, revelations of the blessings of God uh, that contain within uh, those words uh, there was always the abstract. Uh, there was always the possibility of the the anti blessing, uh, so that when a person is revealed uh, uh, of the day, uh, you are at the same time revealed of the night. When you are revealed of the night, you are at the same time revealed of the day. Uh, when you understand that there is a counterpart to each one of those. So that the, the first set revealed the second set. Because there was always the two, the, the, the blessings and the cursings. You know. Okay, now um, that didn't mean that there wasn't preserved in the second set uh, at least two parts, uh, two two uh, points. Uh, you know, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself, uh, left over from the um, the first blessings. But uh, uh, that's not really the the method, the teaching I'm doing right now. But I'm just throwing that in for the benefit of you that have heard me, uh, you know, speak on it before. But there's much, much scripture that to support all of that. There's not just a bunch of hot air uh, blowing out of my mouth. And uh, and the day will come again that we will go go through that with all the scriptures, uh, you know, for the sake of uh, the people that are interested. Okay, and it says, uh, now it says, um, And I will write on the tablets the words that were in the first tablets which thou breakest, and thou shalt put them in the ark. And I... Uh, made an ark of hewn wood and hewed two tablets of stone like unto the first and and uh, went up to the mountain having the two tablets in my hand and he wrote on the tablets according to the first writings so um the the thing of it is is that there's obviously two different trips that are made here uh there is the trip that goes up into the presence of God and the revelation of the of the uh, covenant, Ark of the Covenant is given. Then when he goes back down, uh, he can put this together uh, with this spiritual power of hewing, or however that it is that God wants him to do it. He does not take it all of the way up. He leaves it down the mountain a piece, and then he goes on up the mountain, uh, and 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 the ta table uh, tablets are written on the tables of stone are written on, and then you know he uh, he he brings it back down. It's right all here, goes up the mountain and and uh, God writes on him, and he comes back down in verse five. And I turned myself and came down the mount, and put the tablets in the ark. He came down the mountain, and put the tablets in the ark. He did not put them into the ark right there where he. Uh, was uh, receiving the uh, communion and the uh, miracle of the handwriting of God on the tablets. So he came down to uh, that place. Um, but when he was receiving the revelation of the pattern, uh, he was receiving that in the Shekinah glory presence, which was right on up to the top of the mountain. So there are times that he went up and he came down. There are times that he ascended and descended in, in the whole uh, program of the of the revelation of the, this, and uh, so it's just uh, you know all beautiful beautiful. So now we have a second a second um, 
a second revelation of an ark of the covenant, one that was made by Moses, uh, one that was made by uh, you know uh, Bezaliel, uh, one uh, that uh, uh, is still yet to be revealed, and I'm going to speak on it here in just a little bit, and that is um, the scripture does further reveal if uh, uh, if a person uh, takes the time to check it out uh, that um, uh, it is very clear that when he did the original other um, uh, other um, tablets that he also did an ark so uh, when the one tablets were set aside were broken that left that ark uh, still intact. There's nothing about it being destroyed. So now we have the Ark of the Covenant that was made for the first uh, uh, set of tablets. Then we go up to the mountain there in the scripture uh, writing, and we have a second Ark of the Covenant that is made. Uh, and and so now we've got two there, plus we have the show Ark, which is made uh, by this artist and and uh craftsman now you've got three arcs right there um we uh would like to show you know other examples uh of of that uh let's say for instance um if we if you want to skip over to second uh, chronicles 5 i think that's the right one second chronicles 5 uh let's just see what we find here and uh, let's see what we get there. Um, yeah, Second Chronicles five, and this this is very interesting because um, um, th this this talks about um, uh, you know uh, Solomon, and it talks about when he's bringing the 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 ark over, and uh, and it's it's um, you know it, it's very interesting how that it, it shows that um, there is nothing in the ark. There's nothing in the ark uh, but, but, the, but the two stones of, of the covenant. And, and um, that is very, 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 very important as we begin to, you know, uh, get into the, uh, the revelation of this. Because let's look now at Second uh, Chronicles 5, verse 10. There was nothing in the ark save the two tablets which Moses put therein at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. So when they came out of Egypt with, you know, uh, the revelation, and 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 then they went to to this Horeb and and this mountain and they and this thing of the of the Ark of the Covenant happened. Uh, there was nothing else in there, and yet when you when you read uh, over in the book of Hebrews nine four, uh, it states very clearly that the Ark had in it uh, the tablets and the golden pot that had manna. And and Aaron's odd uh, rod that budded. So uh, uh, there's other scriptures I can't cover them all tonight because I don't have a t enough time if we're going to you know cover all the subjects I'm trying to cover. But um, uh, when you get the Peace Bible, 
all of these things will be covered with tremendous amounts of scripture. Uh, there will be a lexica that has all of the references, um, both to the Hebrew and, and, uh, any of the Greek references that come backwards. Uh, it, it, it will show in a very, uh, powerful, dynamic, uh, articulate way, uh, the connections. But now we have another instance here. Uh, uh, which is a proposition showing that you know there's a differences of of these uh, uh, of the, of these you know uh, Ark of Covenants. One has nothing in it except just the tablets, and yet uh, then you've got the situation where uh, it 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 has uh, Aaron's rod, and you've got the situation where uh, it's got uh, you know the the uh, pot of manna. Now, a person could say, well, yeah, uh, uh, it was added later. Uh, well, you know, whatever makes you happy, uh, that's what you can do. But if you read it very, very carefully, uh, you'll see, you'll begin to understand that that uh, there was, um, there was um, the show arc that was made uh, by the craftsmen, uh, and then there were battle arcs. Uh, they they didn't take out these this show arc out. This show arc uh, was was very heavy because it was plated with gold inside and outside. Plus, it had a crown of gold. Plus, the rings were covered with gold, and and uh, and the staves that went in through the two ring uh, rings on each side were also plated with gold. So when you take the wood itself plus add to it all of the gold, <clears throat> add to it the tablets, you are talking something that has a pretty good amount of weight. And uh, when you look at the length of the staves, uh, there's only so much room. You know, uh, it really looks like about enough room for a person on each end of the staff. So four people could carry it, you know. But if you're talking a long journey, quite a long journey, uh, then, uh, you know, that's the thing. Now, uh, the the style of uh, of how this this all worked was that when uh, when this um, arc would go out and uh, it, it would uh, you know be in process of being carted uh, from one place to another um, it was always wrapped in a veil and uh, it 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 was covered with um, uh, you know uh, uh, skins and uh, it it um, also had a blue cloth that concealed it uh, from the eyes of, of, of the even the priest that carried it and, th and that, that was that was the style uh, and that all makes it of course very very interesting to consider and to look at uh, uh, in the light of this whole thing that uh, you know I am trying to teach you this evening okay so um, let's carry on here a little bit um, now, now you you've got um, uh, this this example of the ark uh, that is possibly a war ark. Uh, it it didn't need to have the gold in it, but I know there will be some of those uh, theorists, those people who are in the theory of how that the gold created electricity, and this electricity, uh, you know, uh, was was so powerful, and and how it could create fire and and how it could create rays, uh, uh, but um, uh, I I don't um, think that uh, that they they've got the uh, whole picture there. Uh, I don't say that um, there isn't all kinds of possibilities. 
that could uh, be uh, caught from the understanding of that. But um, uh, I think that that uh, uh, when Solomon had the Ark of the um, Covenant moved to the new uh, temple, Holy of Holy site that he built, uh, and then not long afterwards, the Queen of Sheba came, and 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 she wanted to see everything. She wanted to be able to go into the temple. Uh, she wanted to be able to see the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, it says that um, uh, uh, that it says that um, you know uh, the whole thing there would be that um, by this happening that way. Uh, that it says he 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 tried to please her, that he he gave her the, the desire of her heart. But how did he satisfy her from wanting to be able to see in the holy temple because she was not you know uh, going to be allowed in there by the Levites? She just absolutely was not going to be allowed in there by the Levites. And uh, and uh, uh, Solomon was you know very much of a show person. He built a scaffold when he was having the dedication, and he got up on that scaffold. <clears throat> made presentation, lined up people so that the the ark could be sort of paraded by the priest uh, and taken into the temple. Uh, but I think that that's only part of the story. Uh, we don't begin to have, you know, the whole story. Uh, we only have uh, have a part of it. There's uh, there there is so so much more that can be spoken about. Uh, it tells us that there were. Um, there were there were in various kinds of um, of individuals uh, that like the uh, that were prophets that were men of God and uh, these uh, prophets and men of God uh, let, let me just name a few of them here uh, you know that um, they they were individuals that uh, that had written a book and and the book that they that they have written or the prophecies that they made. Uh, were about uh, were were about the story of Solomon, and his life, and 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 what he lived, and uh, and how that uh, you know he he uh, was able to reveal these things, or uh, um, that these things of his life were revealed to these men uh, in a divine way, and a lot of people uh, would say, well, wow, can can we read the the book of Nathan? Uh, can can we we read the prophecies of of you know uh, these other persons that it tells us that have written these uh, these writings and and so that we can see what it is exactly that that they have written? Uh, uh, what about you know Idu the prophet uh, you know and, and some of these other uh, great men that it mentions? Well, they say that those books are all lost and that there is no way that we can get into them. By the same token, uh, the energy dots that tell us the whole of everything, of even other universes that are before us, uh, there are methods by which people can uh, recover lost works. And these lost works, uh, you know, aren't really lost uh, to people who can hear the heavens and, and, and when the heavens can hear the earth. So... I, I would like to say to you that, uh, you know, that we are coming into that day of when there are men of God who are hearing the heavens. And as they hear the heavens, uh, these these works that are, you know, considered to be lost, 
uh, end up not being lost because everything that has been written can can be restored. So what what happened then uh, with uh, with the Queen of Sheba? Uh, how was she satisfied? Well, um, at that time, the kingdom was in peace, and and uh, there was uh, uh, a great. Um, uh, time of all the nations uh, paying tribute, or our our nations trading, and uh, and Solomon was uh, you know married a daughter of Pharaoh, and he married some of the daughters of these other nations, and so it was a great time of peace, and and the and the war arcs uh, you know weren't even being used; they weren't necessary. So I don't think there is a question in my mind, but what uh, it was totally possible that uh, he allowed the Queen of Sheba, to take one of the war arcs. Because in, in uh, um, Solomon's mind, it, you know, they still had some left and they just weren't going to need them. And uh, the uh, Levitical priests were very touchy about any of the war arcs, uh, you know, uh, having the same kind of place as uh, the, the ark uh, that was made uh, to go into the Holy of Holies. So, um, uh, is it possible that there were cop- copies of the of the uh, tablet made uh, of, that had the commandments of the ark in it? Well, of course, I, I totally believe that is possible. Just like we have many Bibles today, and there's copies of the Bibles, and that was that was the Word of God, and I'm sure that they wanted to make copies of it because otherwise it would just forever be locked into the Holy of Holies. No one would ever get to see it. No one would ever get to have any idea what it looked like. So they wanted to have show arcs that you know people could see, and and uh, when they went to battle and the enemy uh, back in earlier times heard that they were coming and they had the Ark of the Covenant and all of its fame and power, it just caused the enemy to tremble. And so it had a great psychological power. Uh, Plus, uh, I believe that because it was made uh, in the lattice of the pattern uh, of God, that it also had uh, characteristics of power uh, so that in its uh, uh, use as a battle uh, weapon, that it was capable of of performing in that way. And, And that caused there to be a connection between the ark that was in the the holy of holies and the ark uh that was uh that was in the um uh in the battle that was to go out and be carried uh by the priest to the to the battle it was it was still considered you know a, a thing of god uh but at that time of solomon there there was you know a lot of rethinking going on and i think that uh that yes it, if it does turn out that uh uh, in the Ethiopian uh, Orthodox Church, uh, uh, that they possess an ark. If it does turn out to be they have one, it'd probably be one of those uh, kind of duplicate arcs that were made back in the time uh, when Israel had more than one ark. And uh, there's more examples than that. Uh, but why would we need to make proof of any more examples? I've already given you an example of at least three that you can prove right by the Bible, if you want to just, you know, take the time to look that up with a little bit more care, uh, you can find the scriptures uh, that I'm referring to uh, that are very, very uh, clear uh, about about uh, all these things that I have said, and uh, <clears throat> especially about 
the first uh, ark that was made for the tablets and the second ark, you'll be able to see the wording that uh, <coughs> that both of those arks uh, were made again. They were they were they were both made. So, and you can uh, also read about the scaffolding that uh, that uh, Solomon made in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter six verse thirteen. So those are all uh, super and uh, you know uh, beautiful things. They're they're very very important uh, for us to understand. But but uh, uh, you know uh, the Bible says in Second Chronicles. Uh, it says, uh, the rest of the Acts of Solomon, the first and the last, they're written in the books of Nathan the prophet. Uh, they're written uh, in the prophecy of Ahijah, uh, the, the Shilamite. Uh, and they're written in the visions of Idu the seer. Uh, there's other word out there. And, uh, and uh, the, there are scriptures that actually tell us to read these things. There's like over 20 missing books that are named in the um, uh, uh, Bible. And the scripture is actually tell us, telling us to read these things. And uh, so how do we read these things if they're lost? Well, uh, Akva, uh, the lost, uh, you know, uh, language of the Bible uh, that we've been teaching about, uh, that's going to restore some of those things that were written by some of these great men. And uh, it is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, what happened to the ark? Where is the ark? Well, the Bible tells us that too. It tells us where the ark is. And and uh, in a Reve Revelations eleven nineteen, uh, the prophet John says that he saw uh, God's temple in heaven opened, and the ark of His covenant was seen within his tem temple. Now the temple um, is talking about is not on earth. The temple is talking about is the Father's house. And the Father's house is um, is uh, the temple that we refer to as uh, in Artura, uh, which is in the constellation, uh, we call it, of the, um, of the Little Dipper. And so um, it's, it's a planet. And, and uh, you know, God's angels, God's uh, uh, people that are involved uh, in working the missions and, and the, the operations uh, in the universe, uh, which is going to go on for a time, time and a half time. And then that is just the end of when all of the uh, fallen Ophanim will have been uh, uh, regenerated or have failed to be regenerated, and it will be over and finished. Uh, and so when that is concluded, then the Bible says that there will be a new uh, people that will be on the earth whose names were never written in the Lamb's Book of Life, like the children of Israel, uh, like the people who lived in the in the time of uh, of uh, Israel and and um, <clears throat> like the time uh, in the very beginning of the earth uh, when uh, Adam was born, who was the first uh, person with a soul and who came to help bring uh, uh, bodies that that uh, the fallen angels could uh, enter that had the the birthright and which would all have the kingdom of God within. Uh, as it tells us in the first chapter of, of, of uh, St. John. So uh, these things all connect together, and I hope you're following it, and I hope I'm not uh, confusing you with uh, so much rhetoric here that I'm 
spelling out on you. But it, it uh, you know, it, it's just uh, all very, very important, and it needs to, to be understood, you know. Uh, <clears throat> there are, you know, there are interesting, um, uh, you know, scriptures and other kinds of books. Second Maccabees chapter 2, uh, it talks about Jeremiah having received an oracle of the Lord, and uh, and uh, that he took the tent and the ark and the altar of incense, and he took it to a mountain of God, and he sealed it in a cave. Well, when you read uh, in the book of uh, of the seven thunders uh, before Genesis, and it tells you about how that on the Mount Hermon, the Mount of Transfiguration, and not everyone agrees that's the Mount of Transfiguration, but that's because they don't know, uh, but that there that the ark of the covenant was put there and hidden there and sealed there uh, and and uh, hidden so that uh, invading armies could not take it and, you know, melt it down for the gold. So uh, uh, there's lots of stories that have been written in history. And uh, uh, some haven't made it into the present Bible because all of the present Bible um, is, is not is not available, uh, but one day, uh, you know, this, we're going to hear from the heavens, and the heavens are going to hear from us, and we're going to have a pure word of uh, of uh, language, and we're going to know all these things that uh, that were written that are not available. Well, the manifest is about revealing, bringing to light things that are not seen, bringing to light. And the Bible says that things uh, that are made that appear were made of things that that uh, are invisible that cannot be seen. So there are a lot of invisible things out there uh, because they're either misplaced, they're they're lost, uh, they're in disjunction because of circumstances, and uh, they cannot be um, brought into the understanding of the revelation. Uh, but the day is coming that's going to change, and all those divine words that were written that are divine, they're not going to be lost anymore. They're going to be restored uh, through the uh, restoration of the language of, of Akka and Akava. So those are beautiful, beautiful things. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's just uh, going to be a restoration. That's why in the book of, uh, <clears throat> of Jeremiah, in the days of uh, Josiah, Jeremiah 3.16, uh, it says, you know, the day's going to come when, uh, you know, people aren't going to be talking uh, any longer uh, about the ark, and they're not going to have questions, they're not going to have wonderment. Uh, there's going to be a restoration of the meaning of the ark. Uh, the the physical embodiment of the ark is not near as important as what the pattern of that ark is and what the spiritual meaning of that ark is. And when those things are known, then uh, people aren't going to be talking about it in the way that they did in the past. That is, that's all going to be uh, beyond them. That that will not that will not belong uh, to to that idea any longer. Uh, now, um, the pot of manna that I mentioned, you can see that in Exodus 16, uh, verse 32 through through 33. Uh, Aaron's rod. Uh, in Numbers 17.5, and uh, and then uh, about the ten uh, uh, words or commandments, Exodus 21 through 7. So uh, all of these things are 
tied in to a beautiful and uh, wonderful uh, revelation that uh, that God is doing. And if you want that scripture, if I didn't give it to you, I think I did, in Hebrews nine four, where it talks about the rod of Aaron and the and the um, the the manna uh, pot of manna, that uh, that was um, <clears throat> was also into uh, put into the ark of the covenant. Uh, you can you can read that there so that you see that there is substantialized uh, uh, scriptural evidence uh, for all those things I'm saying, and uh, it 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 is it is something to be excited about. Uh, it, it's something to be uh, stirred up about uh, the Ark of the Covenant. There's much more to say about it. Uh, we won't get into what the real deep meaning of the Ark of the Covenant really is about. Uh, that is another subject, another teaching. And if I don't just keep going here, I'm not going to be able to cover all this other uh, that I want to cover. So now let's get over into the Tree of Life. Let's get over into the subject of the Tree of Life. Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 17. <clears throat> now you remember, back in the book of Genesis, uh the the um adam and eve and and uh and his family uh leave the garden <clears throat> they leave the garden and um um uh, uh you know they they leave the garden because um um eve is pregnant at the time and she's going to be given birth to cain and um and uh, there's been all this uh, uh, beguilement that has happened by the uh, Gihon serpent people. Um, so they are they're uh, driven out of of the garden, and the tree of life is um, uh, is um, enclosed uh, by these two cherubim angels with the swords turning each and every way. And that is a whole teaching, a whole revelation. Uh, we won't have time to go into that either. But where is the tree of life? Do they still exist? Remember in Genesis, it says that the tree of life and the tree of good and evil knowledge, they grew out of the ground. So there's a physical aspect to them as well as having spiritual aspect. In the 17th chapter of Ezekiel, uh, there's a parable here quite interesting. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, uh, Son of man, put forth a riddle, and speak a parable unto the house of Israel. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, a great eagle with great wings, long-winged, full of feathers, which had divers colors, came into Lebanon, and took the highest branch of the cedar. And he chopped off the top of his young twigs, and carried it into the land of traffic, and set it in a city of merchants. He took also the seed of the land and planted it in a fruitful uh, field. He placed it by great waters and set it as a willow tree. Now, there's two propositions that are happening here. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, that it mentions the land of uh, Lebanon. Uh, of course, the manifest teaches that the, the Garden of Eden was uh, on the backside of, of, the, of the mountains of Lebanon. Uh, between uh, where the uh, Mount Hermon and and uh, you know more over in that direction rather than down in in per uh, in the area of the Persian Gulf and all of that uh, it it it, uh, it does not uh, use the literal uh, rivers as a as a uh, 
a map point. Uh, it, it, you know, is talking here about genetic rivers. And we know that <clears throat> um, we have uh, uh, buildings, we have ships, we have uh, rockets, we have uh, towns, we have streets that are named by, by, by uh, famous uh, persons. Um, and, and, but that does not mean that uh, that person ever walked on that street, ever lived in that city, ever rode in one of those uh, rockets. <laughs> it's just a thing of honor. So, so um, uh, when we uh, have a river by a name uh, that is the same as a name that was in the Garden of Eden, which was a genetic river, uh, that doesn't mean just because you can find the, the you know, uh, the Euphrates River or, or some of these other rivers uh, outside of, of of the area of that spiritual interpretation, uh, that 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 is where the literal actual river was uh, that is talking about in Genesis, when in fact those rivers were genetic rivers, and they were talking about people. So so. Uh, uh, these are all parts of the things that we want to talk about, uh, and there they would be forbidden uh, knowledge, forbidden uh, you know revelation, uh, forbidden insight to a lot of people who are caught up in the traditional uh, uh, aspect of of their religions. Now, uh, it's interesting that the book that is revealing this. Is the same book that in the chapter, uh, in this very, you know, in chapter 16, the previous chapter to this, reveals that Adam was thrown away by his parents and that he was left to die as a baby and his, his umbilical cord was not even cut. And, um, and it's all done under the revelation of a parable of Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem, if you go back, its original name was just Salem. And, and it meant peace. And that's one of the names of, of, of Christ. And, um, uh, this revelation about, about Adam in the book of Luke teaches it clearly that Adam, who was the son of God, that Adam was the son of God. And, and he's been given bad press because people have not understood the Bible, not understood the riddle, not understood, understood the revelations, and uh, they they have the whole story wrong. And 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 uh, Adam was not born on the sixth day as other men, but he was born on the seventh day. And uh, he, the whole revelation of the seventh day and the Sabbath is is an understanding far beyond just taking a day and and giving it a special uh, uh, recognition as a, as a day to not have to work. It's, it's far beyond anything that that means. Those things are just a shadow of what the meaning of it was. But but Paul recognized that. He says, you know, he said, you people have not entered into the rest of God. You know, you may be keeping what you call the Sabbath, but you haven't entered into the meaning of it. You've not entered into the rest of God. So there was a, a deep meaning and all tied into this revelation uh, about about Adam who had come to to uh, lead uh, the angels uh, into mortal bodies so so that they could get uh, their uh, get salvaged and and get restored to ophanims again. Uh, once understanding this uh, and seeing how that 
the prior chapter had that revelation, go back to the tenth and first chapters of Ezekiel and see that they're about uh, they're about uh, wheel in the middle of the wheel, and they're about uh, you know flying ziths or flying wheels, uh, and you've got all of these uh, whole revelations about about uh, visitors from from uh, not of this world from outer space. Uh, it's a perfect setting for understanding the connection then of the meaning of this. There's the one aspect of the cedar, and then there's the other aspect of the seed. Uh, you know, he he uh, he uh, chopped off uh, the top of the twigs, carried it into the land of traffic of the merchants, and, and, uh, and also, he took also, verse 5, of the seed of the land and planted it in the fruitful field. So this this seed, this germ, germination that he took, um, uh, the 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 beauty of it here was it was done with with a flight. Uh, it says here that uh, an eagle with great wings, long winged. This is a is a riddle, a parable, a way of saying that the the place <clears throat> where this seed was taken was far, 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 far away. In long wing, this was a long journey where this was taken. So we want to show that right here in this scripture is where the the essence is where the where the tree of life uh is 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 shown to be moved. Now is there only going to be one tree of life? Uh we're going to come back to Ezekiel, but right now Let's uh, turn over to Revelations 11.19 so we can sort of get something straight in your mind before you form uh, some kind of a a crooked serpent opinion and and you're not able to get the beauty of this revelation. So if we look at, uh, at, uh, you know, the 11th verse of of, um, uh, Revelations and the 9th, pardon me, the 11th chapter and the 19th verse. Okay. Um, you know what? That's not what I want you to read. I want you to turn to um, to Revelations uh, twenty. Uh, okay, here we go. Twenty twenty uh, twenty two. I believe it is. Okay, Revelations twenty two. Let's start with verse one. And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Now, I don't know how you count to two, but if you have something on this side of the river, and you have something on the other side of the river, if you have the tree of the life on this side of the river, and the tree of the life, uh, the tree of life on the other side of the river, that's one plus one, which equals two. So now we got two trees of life that the Bible depicts are are in this this reality. Now, what is not clear is what does it mean on the other side of the river? Well, obviously, on the one side of the river is one uh, location, and on the other side of the river is a different location. So there are depicted here two trees of life. So now we see that there's more Ark of the Covenants than a person thought. We see that there are uh, more um, 
uh, of, of many different kind of revelations than people thought. There's more more trees of life uh, than people thought. Uh, it just goes on and on and on as we begin to expand into the Word and as we begin to uh, speak to the heavens and the heavens speak to us. We hear the heavens, the heavens hear us, and then the earth hears the heavens. And 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 it's it's like the how the the universe was created when the Bible says He stretched out the heavens, He stretched it out. Uh, it's just an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful thing. So now we've got this one example. See, and then we've got. Uh, let's look at verse, uh, 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 you know, uh, seven, uh, because this one place that it talks about uh, in uh, Ezekiel seventeen. Uh, is that <clears throat> the seed is placed in a in a, a fruitful place, and uh, and it, it you know it's um, it's it grows and it becomes a a, a vine. It's got branches and uh, it uh, it brings forth uh, you know it's, it's it's prosper. Now verse seven, there was also another great eagle with great wings and many feathers, and behold this vine did shoot her um, branches toward him and shot forth her um, uh, her um, uh, branches toward him that he might water it in the furrows of her plantation. And, uh, and, and it was planted good soil by great waters that it might bring forth branches, that it might bear fruit uh, and a goodly vine. Say thou, thus saith the Lord, shall it prosper? Uh, shall he pull up the roots thereof and cut off the fruit thereof and that it wither? It shall wither in all the leaves of her spring, even without great power or many people to pluck it up by the roots. And uh, behold, be in planet, shall it prosper? Uh, shall it not utterly wither when the east wind uh, touches it? Uh, and and uh, it shall wither in the furrows where it grew. Now, what we've got there is the revelation of when uh, out of the Babylonian captivity thing uh, in the in the the land of Shinar, uh, they were trying to establish a sort of you know new Israel, a new a new uh, place uh, of divine worship, and and it it started off you know uh, seemingly blessed and seemingly holy, but it did not last because it was not the plan of God, it was not the plan of God. Uh, so that did not happen. But now, in verse 22 of the same 17th chapter, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, I will also take of the highest branch of the high cedar and set it, and I will chop it off from the top of the twigs and, and a tender one, and will plant it upon a high mountain and eminent. In the mountains of the height of Israel will I plant it, and it shall bring forth bows and bear fruit and be good and and be a goodly cedar, and under it shall dwell all the fowls of every wing in the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell, and the trees of the field shall know that I the Lord have brought down the high tree uh, and have exalted the low tree and have dried up the green tree and have made the dry tree to flourish. I the Lord have spoken it now the difference here is that there is the essence of the Garden of Eden, which was the cedar represents the the land of, of uh, you know the, the land of, uh, of the garden, uh, the Lebanon uh, area uh, being part of it, only a part of it though, because actually Eden was just a huge land. Uh, not talking just the garden, I'm talking about the land, the land of Eden. But anyway, um, but 
it it mentions uh you know this essence of the land but it does not mention the seed where in the first one the seed is also planted but in this one it does not mention that so there is a difference although uh, uh you know uh, there is two plantings but one is on the other side of the river and so obviously what equates on the one side of the river although it has eternal essence in it the potential eternal essence is not quite the same as the tree on the opposite side of the river because the opposite side of the river has not only the essence of the land and the essence of that experience but it also has the seed the actual tree itself see and the other has only the potential of the tree <clears throat> because it has the potential of the uh, of that experience of the garden of eden all right let me get a sip of water here Now, now we begin to see that this, this, this was moved. Well, where was it moved? Well, where would you think that it would be moved? If the Ark of the Covenant was moved uh, to um, a temple in heaven, which is the Father's house, you can be sure that the Tree of Life is also moved, moved there too. And that's where it's at, and that's where it's flourishing. So, so uh, you, you've, you've got... You've got that. Uh, does there remain any arcs of the covenant around that might show up someday, even one underneath the Temple Mount, or who knows? Oh, there was more than one ark. They sure might show up, but the 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 ark of eminence, the, the top performer, the one that was designed in its ultimate, uh, you know, uh, preserve. Uh, that's in that's in uh, you know in the temple, uh, in in heaven, in the Father's house. And and the seed of 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 that eternal life uh, is not going to be anywhere on earth, even in in um, Israel, uh, for there to be a risk of people who are are going to invade that country and take that tree and eat it and live forever. If they if it was if the angel said, you know, we got to move them out of here, at least they eat this and live forever, and that applied back then, it for sure is going to apply in the days that are ahead. Okay, so now you have. The revelation there of, uh, of, of the two things I promised you, and I'm going to get into something else here, but the two things that I promised you that I would talk about, and those are, you know, uh, beautiful and, and interesting uh, things. There, there's just no question about that. Now, um, uh, right at this time, um, I'm really, really into uh, uh, trying to finish up the book of Revelations of the Peace Bible. And uh, I'm working on uh, chapter 18, which I expect I'll finish it over the weekend here. Uh, but I wanted to share just a few things with you because you talk about uh, this situation where we are dealing with uh, <clears throat> where 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 we are are dealing with um, uh, forbidden revelation and for forbidden insights. Uh, people are so far away from being able to know the whole story of Babylon. And and it is a gigantic story because it incorporates more than just you know a person here and a person there, but but what what the story that it tells in Revelation 17 and Revelation 18 is that uh, there is a counter woman because we know we have the the collective uh, 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 body the corporate body the the church the the woman which is the bride of Christ uh, then we must have uh, the opposite of that because that's the way it's always been. 
and and so we have the opposite of that, which is the queen, uh, and she is the 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 queen of Babylon. Now, some people will say, well, no, that just represents the city. Uh, sorry, it doesn't just represent the city. Uh, it, it does both. Uh, this city of Babylon, this new city of Babylon that way, way up the, the future times is going to be built, it's going to be built by this, by this queen who is just going to be an absolutely brilliant uh, person. And, and the architect and the ark and the sculpture and, and, and the financial wizardry and, and all of the other things that are there, uh, and, and that are manifested in that, uh, city of, 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 uh, Babylon and, and so forth and queen of, uh, of Babylon. Uh, they're, they're basically, uh, they're basically fused together because everything about that city and the city itself is all of the result of, of her energy put into, into nature to make that thing happen and come about. Just like the hanging gardens that Nebuchadnezzar built. Uh, you know, that, when that, that showed a particular side of the city that was actually a part of him. And, and he, his energy and his thoughts and his art was into the city. And, and, uh, so when you say Nebuchadnezzar, you immediately think of Babylon because, you know, in, in a sense, he became, you know, the one and, and, and the same. And that's the way it is with the Queen of Babylon. Now, with the Queen of Babylon, uh, there is a strange thing that happens. Um, there, there is this gigantic computer system of which the Bible is called the image. And, uh, and at first it's just a collection of, of, uh, of entries. Uh, but then, uh, then when it's ready to be put into, uh, the really high ordered computer that, that it is to be, uh, it will be connected to, to, to neurons of the highest intelligence. And, and the whole system will be so advanced that the Bible says in Revelations that, that the, the dragon will give power, uh, to, to the image, uh, in, uh, to have life. It, it'll, it'll, it'll have capability to think. Uh, it'll have capability to go through thought. Well, it's interesting that in the Hebrew, uh, that the word thought can also, in modern times, mean computer. Uh, at least that's that's what I understand. I really never had time to, particularly on that one item, check it out. Uh, but whether that aspect is true or false or, or, or not, it doesn't change what I'm saying at this time about this computer. So you have this computer that is the number one computer that's the beast that is operated uh, by the beast system. But you also have another computer uh, that is uh, of of the same uh, uh, uh definition and the, and of the same make which is the beast computer that's been made alive that this is in the control of the queen of babylon and and this is because at the for a period of time she's in with the system and the bible says she rides the beast she rides the scarlet colored beast and 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 uh, incorporated in that are the, the seven horns uh, and then the extra three that make the ten so it's the ten horns and, and all of those aspects that describe this, uh, incredible, uh, beast, uh, that are, are, are there and, and, uh, very, uh, very interestingly portrayed. Now, we're going to show in the, uh, the New Peace Bible with scriptures 
how that um, that in the end that the the these powers that are the seven spirits that be, make the become the seven abominable spirits, uh, you know, of of the dragon and of the beast, uh, that uh, the seven uh, spirits plus the uh, the satanic trinity represent the ten horns, the ten powers. And that they are eventually going to turn against uh, the uh, the Queen of Babylon, and as they turn against the Queen of Babylon, uh, there's actually going to be a war between the the, the Babylon Queen and and uh, these powers of the beast. Now people say, well, those powers of the beast, those seven powers of the beast, you know, uh, five are fallen, one in, it's one to come, uh, and they go back and they want to talk about, you know, the 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 ancient uh, uh, nations that have lived on earth and they'll rattle off you know uh, uh, you know uh, all the ancient uh, nations uh, uh, you know the, the the Babylonians the Persians uh, uh, the Assyrians uh, the Egyptians uh, you know uh, the, the the Greeks the Roman Empire, on and on and on. They'll name those all off, and they'll say these are the seven greatest, uh, you know, uh, empires that lived. But, I mean, it's not even correct. Uh, one of the, the greater empires than those, than, than those actually uh, was the, the, the empire of, of the Mongols. Uh, it was like, uh, you know, at the time that it was in operation, uh, it was it it uh, had over a hundred million people under its thumb, uh, and so it's one of the greatest empires that ever lived on the face of the earth. And uh, but pe- people don't people don't have their their history right because they d- they don't understand it they don't know it all, and and that's what the problem is, and and what it's really talking about on those se- seven the five fallen and 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 uh, one is and one is to come these are principalities. These are principalities of, of of the powers of darkness, and and so in this book of uh, Revelations, that uh, we're getting very close on the ABG uh, for being ready to put together and get published, uh, it is so sensational. When you read it, you're just almost gonna gonna tremble uh, in the glory of it because it is it is so sensational, and and uh, I, I tell you it, it it is a deep profound amount of work right now. And I, I can really use your prayers. I can really use your prayers because uh, I just work hours upon hours upon hours, and 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 uh, and, and quite often just keel over at the asleep at the computer, and have to catch myself before I fall into it. Uh, just uh, pray that I can get these last scriptures finished and we can get this book out because when this book gets out to the world, it is going to be the most astounding uh, uh, revelation. And you talk about, you know, uh, the title of, the, of the, the, this teaching, uh, how that uh, these forbidden, um, you know, insights, when these insights get out, and a lot of these things will at first seem forbidden, but but you know they're not going to be able to deny the scriptures. They're not going to be able to deny the 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 correspondence of the meanings from one point to another point because they'll be so powerful, so clear, so evident, uh, so correl- uh, so so correlated that that it's just going to stun. I think millions and millions and millions of people, and so. Uh, there's so much more that I want to tell you about this and about the war and how that, that this ends up actually affecting uh, 
the the um, confusion of the plan of of Satan. He makes a mistake, sort of like Hitler did when he when he invaded Russia. He makes a mistake by invading Babylon, and they're far more capable, far more uh, powerful than than he than he really uh, realized and gave credit to. And uh, it's it it is interesting because that's why he then has to go uh, and and depend more on these uh these cloned uh uh locusts uh that we call the mantis and how that he will have to use them in the gog and magog uh, uh world attack on the the city of god uh it it is just so connecting it's just so uh full of one revelation upon another and of one opening of the book upon another uh it 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 will be uh, the jewels of God being polished and opened uh, for the eyes of of people to see uh, and to hear the heavens speaking to the earth and the earth then saying, "Oh my God, this is real. I want to. I want to. I want to answer this. I want to speak to the heavens. I want to know all this truth about that which was and that which is." And that which is to come, I I want not just the revelation of this little narrowed down uh, trivia uh, that I live on the day by day basis, but what I want to know is the the great of that which was, and the great of that which is, and the great of that which is to be, in a way that it will make me more a person uh, uh, of the spirit and more understanding of the needs of humanity and more caring to reach out to touch them and and to see their healings and their deliverances. Praise be the name of God. Thank God for, you know, this word I could share with you. Uh, I'm not going to go into part three of this forbidden insights uh, because we have some other teachings that I want to do. But uh, I uh, just pray for God's uh, understanding to come into your mind and for you to understand these things I'm teaching. Uh, I know that I do speak at a pretty fast velocity, and I know that I do uh, stack one uh, thing upon another with a pretty um, hefty uh, speed. And uh, But the, the beauty is that these are all recorded, and you can go back and you can play them you know, as many times as you want. Uh, please understand that if you have been playing these um, these recordings, uh, I'll tell you what they they uh, they are popular. There's there's hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, you know we've got some some of these recordings that there's over a thousand people that have plugged in uh, to to listen to those tapes and play back these recordings, and and every day you can see the numbers going up. People are listening to these teachings. People are really, really hungry. And we just thank God uh, for this. And we thank God for the, the soon uh, happening of when we're going to be able to get this word out uh, in the written form and uh, and uh, in the um, uh, computer form and all the other plans that we have that are so exciting. God bless you. We're going to get into the um, Gentile. Uh, we have a special... Uh, uh, Gentile that we want to do sort of picking up from last week. So just stand by here in a minute while I get a little another drink of water. <clears throat>
So tonight, tonight I want to go back to this uh, thing of the um, of the hormones, and the Lord's uh, been dealing with me <clears throat> on this. I want to praise God for a recent testimony that I had from a a friend, and and who is very you know active in this ministry uh, with with uh, uh, you know help and with with reading the the blogs, shared with me how that when I had done a recent uh, Gentile uh, on pain, how that he had just been in pain for some long time, and he could not lay on one side of his body. And he was just, you know, just in a lot of pain. And that uh, after doing the, the Gentile, that uh, that uh, the pain left his body. And he woke up the next morning. He was had been sleeping on that side of the body where he hadn't been able to sleep for a long, long time. Many, many months, maybe longer than that. Uh, and that, that there was no pain at all. And he was telling me how that he's so stirred up and worked up about this Gentile that he's been... Uh, uh, you know, uh, going back, playing some of the the teachings and listening to the Gentile, and writing down the the words and the method that I've used, and he's been uh, talking to people that he knows and doing using that Gentile on some of these people, and uh, and that uh, you know he's he's getting results, uh, and it's it, he's quite stirred up about it. So I thank God for that person. I thank God. I'm sure there's others of you out there <clears throat> that have been enacting that kind, uh, same kind of sequence. So may God just bless you in all those things, and that you go forward with such you know positive uh, uh, decisions and actions. <clears throat> all right, tonight we want to deal again with the with the hormones. Tonight, I want to specially deal uh, with with the, um, the, uh, the the hormones that that have to do um, with the um, um, with the female hormones. Lord willing, next week I'm going to work with with the male hormones, but uh, I want to work with the female hormones because so many times between uh, the uh, Various uh, things that happen in a, in a female body uh, <clears throat> that have to do with everything from menopause to menstrual periods. Um, uh, there are lots of difficult things that happen in a body because a person's hormones are not working uh, uh, fully and, and their receptors, some of them are shut down. So what I want to do tonight is... Um, something that I have done when I've been in person where I take uh, the fingers of both of my hands and sort of put them one finger following the other. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't use the thumbs. I just use the eight fingers and in the middle, middle over the corpus callosum and, uh, and, and send energy, the electrovibmatic energy uh, through the corpus callosum which is connected to both of the hemispheres. And there's a connection to all the hemispheres, uh, you know, uh, via this connection. And, and I'm going to send that energy into the body, and I'm, I'm going to, I want you to uh, visualize and imagine with me now at this moment 
uh, as you are there, and and if you're having you have a need for this, and you're having any problems uh, in the female uh, organ area, uh, just begin to at this time feel as my hands are going on top of your head, and all eight fingers are pressing down upon your scalp, and I'm holding them there. I'm holding them. As I'm holding them, slowly and surely, energy is beginning to flow into your corpus callosum. Slowly and surely, I'm holding, and slowly and surely, energy is beginning to flow through the corpus callosum into the hemispheres, also into the frontal lobes, and into the parts of the brain even going down the spine. Energy is flowing. And that energy is going to move through your body. You, some people feel it like, like rain falling inside. Some people feel it like, like heat moving down through the chest area, down the bottom, uh, down through the, the, the torso, down into the, the uh, female areas of the body. <clears throat> energy is building. Glands are beginning to loosen up. The glands that are, ne are necessary to provide the various kinds of hormones that the body needs to be adjusted. The heat is increasing. The heat's beginning to flow. It's coming, coming, coming down into the body. Feel it in your face. Feel it coming down your neck, down your chest, down your torso, down into your body. Synergy is building, building, building. More and more of these hormones are beginning to flow from the various glands. Continuing to flow, continuing to flow. The energy is, is so evident of its job of its dedication by this gentile ordering that receptors are beginning to change into the proper shape and the proper color they're beginning to open to receive this flow of virtue and energy continuing to flow some of you it feels like rain some of you it feels like warmth and heat it's flowing. It will have an effect on you. Promise that. It's continuing to flow. More and more of these secretions are flowing out from the hormones and from the glands. On and on into your body now. On and on to heal, to heal, and to heal. Hypothalamus pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus, thyroid, lymphatic gland. Parasympathetic, sympathetic neural transmission system to the cerebellum, to the white core, brain tissue, spinal column. Going to send messages across the, the neural span of the body, across the synaphysis, out of the mutons, into the whole body, and into this area to give relief to the, the women that have suffered and to just open up their life right now in this incredible way. Praise God. 
God bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May God go before you. Our love to you, folks. God bless.